podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland, I'm Trev Denny and this is the Anfield Index Podcast, episode number 349. Eight, nine. I've done already, Lisa Marie. Which number is it? It is episode 349 of the Anfield Index podcast. Thanks. Thanks to my computer chum there who answers to the name Lisa Marie. As I was saying, it's episode number 349. There's no way we're editing that out. And uh, I am joined (laughs) by Lisa Marie Hanahan and only Lisa Marie Hanahan for this um, unusual two-person edition of the Anfield Index podcast. Uh, We have a an idea for a show which is basically us talking about our various gripes about football which considering we are the two sort of happy clappy types um on the podcast if not on the network should be a bit of crack i would have thought uh, i don't know how seriously we're going to take it uh, but it'll be quite interesting to get into that um but before we do anything there is one liverpool story we want to cover i have a little clip to get us started but let me start in the most appropriate and polite fashion by saying hello to Lisa Marie and asking how you are. Hello, Trev. Um, happy that it's, what is it, the terrible two today on the uh, podcast? The terrible twos, yeah. The terrible yeah. two. Um, no, um, you know, pretty good for, for a Sunday in December when I've got a hundred different things going on. But um, But yeah, so just happy to be here as always. Well, I want to uh, thank you for agreeing to do it today because I couldn't do it on Friday because uh, one of my numerous family things occurred and um, it, it's great. I know you pre- preferred the idea of doing it on Friday and it's our scheduled day, so I do appreciate you being able to pivot because unfortunately we've got Cam, who's not great and actually had some family stuff. Carl, who was also uh, undis- indisposed, as was Guy. So it was, uh, there would be no show if you hadn't managed to find the, the, the gap in the schedule. So I do appreciate it. Oh, come on, it. you wouldn't have um, just started recording and just talked nonsense for 30, 40 minutes to yourself? Listen, I do that on a whole other show. When it comes to Liverpool, <laughs> when it comes to Liverpool that is the sole domain of Dave Hendrick. <laughs> That is that is That's the Hend- true. It's, that the is Hend- true. The, it's the Hendrick zone, and I'm not going to step in there and and and, and you know <laughs> uh, do my thing in case uh, it, uh, it pales into insignificance compared to his. I got told during the week actually, um, in relation to something else, Lisa Marie, you'll 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 appreciate this. Uh, it was actually after the show I did with with Dan and Phil Barter uh, about the departures from the backroom staff. Um, right. And there were, it, 
it was a show that was quite contentious because a lot of people a lot of people really took the hump at the idea of um the lads putting forward the fact that this might be a really important aspect of the club and you know um talking about dan specifically got in the neck for his theories about what might be happening behind the scenes and i just thought it was really weird because podcasts are a place where you're supposed to air opinions and it broke down into a conversation with one or two people about what do you want from a podcast and some of these guys were i mean i mean one lad said he wanted uh, something like um uh it was basically like truth and 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 you know uh accurate reporting of facts and all that and i was like well that's what we aspire to do but the truth is the truth is our truthful feelings about stuff based on information we're not like putting ourselves up as the um and we never have this is what i find hilarious about it people seem to have a sniffy sniffy attitude about anfield index as uh people who put themselves forward as uh the expert of experts no we just happen to talk to people who are very highly qualified who offer their opinions which i would have thought was a good thing but here's the thing uh, one man said, good friend of the show, Damo, hopefully you're listening, Damo, uh, that it, what he likes in a podcast is the Dave Hendrick rants. Um, he also oh, I love a Dave Hendrick rant. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, this is, I can't, I can't start going marching into Dave, the, the Dave zone when it comes to football. <laughs> uh, it, it had crossed my mind one week there where I was like pretty much like this week. I was looking like it was just going to be me or no show. And I just thought, I can't, I just can't do it. So um, I wanted to talk to you briefly about a Liverpool story that's coming up. But I don't know what sort of a week you've had, Lisa Marie, but mine has been like it's suffice to say it's been a really sort of pain in the arse week in a pretty bad run of months in terms of just bullshit to be dealing with and you find yourself in these times and i just thought this would be nice for the feel of our show today where we're grumbling and most of the, mostly as the two of us being you know uh, trying to talk cam and 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 carl and and guy down off whatever precipice they're on you know uh, and uh so i just i just thought that this might be a good clip because this is a very very dark and not dark but very very interesting clip from a movie called there will be blood and it's Ooh, um yeah. it is daniel plainview and he's talking to his so-called long lost returned brother uh, who ends up being a charlatan sorry for the spoiler uh and he is talking about how he feels about people in general now it's about it's about three minutes but i think it's worth it and i found myself watching this today because i went looking for it because i said this I, do you know how i feel about people on the back of of, of stuff i've been reading online i'm having a tough time and every so often you go to twitter for a bit of crack <laughs> all the best with that lad all the best with that <laughs> There is no crack to be had, except amongst the very, very few. Even when you curate your timeline like I do, you get all this bullshit retweeted onto it. So I was feeling very misanthropic, and I felt like my feelings were quite mirrored by old Dan here. So let's have a listen. Why did you leave? I know you didn't get on with that father. I worked for Geological Survey and uh, went to Kansas. I 
couldn't stay there. Just couldn't. I don't like to explain myself. Are you an angry man, Henry? About what? Are you envious? Do you get envious? I don't think so, no. I have a competition in me. I want no one else to succeed. I hate most people. That part of me is gone. Working and not succeeding. All my uh, failures has left me. I just don't care. Well, if it's in me, it's in you. There are times when I... I look at people and I see nothing worth liking. I want to earn enough money I can get away from everyone. What will you do about your boy? I don't know. Uh, maybe it'll change. Does your sound come back to you? I don't know. Maybe no one knows that. Doctor might not know that. Where's his mother? I don't want to talk about those things. I see the worst in people, Henry. I don't need to look past seeing them to get all I need. I've built up my hatreds over the years, little by little. Having you here gives me a second breath. I, I can't keep doing this on my own. With these um, people. <laughs> that was darker than I thought this morning. <laughs> so, Just the way he says people. Oh, at the end, it's brilliant. Like, actually, it goes on a little bit, but I thought that was an apt cutting point. And uh, at some stage, I absolutely will um, respond to a question of yours by, I don't talk about those things or something. (laughs) I don't want to talk about those things. I've I've seen that movie, but it was only once, and it was a while ago. I'm going to have to go back and try to find it somewhere and watch it again. Oh, God, do. Absolutely. Well, and as I said, I've seen it. But, you know, I was just thinking as he was talking, I've seen Gangs of New York multiple times. And there's some similarity in the characters, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a massive fan of of the guy. I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people were were a bit down on on his performance in gangs, like you know that it was a bit scenery chewing kind of uh, stuff. But I'm all in, I, and I, what I like about it is he is too. That's obviously his famous thing. Um, and you're you're right. Yeah, they're both very intense. Uh, yeah. uh, this, the, there's not there's a there's a similarity, of course, in the voice there as well because it's yeah. him, but also in the the timbre. I think it was it the voice well. that's what kind of struck me. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch, 
and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's, and I, the reason I'm saying do watch it because I enjoyed it so much more second time around, if that mm. makes sense. You know, there's no, a lot. No, it does absolutely make sense. There's, there's a lot to milk out of that. Now, speaking of, and, and, and pointing the direction, in, uh, the wagon in the direction of, um, of the football, um, I did ask you to have a quick look at a story that's been breaking today, as far as I can see. It's an article um, by David Lynch. Um, it's in the sporting news, uh, as far as I can see. And he is announcing an exclusive about a joint Saudi Qatari consortium who have emerged as a strong early contender to buy Liverpool. Um, investors from the two Gulf states, says Lynch, have agreed to join forces so as to avoid becoming embroiled in a bidding war for ownership of the six time European champions. It has a kind of a sniff of um, reality to it because of that last that last point there that that this sort of the joining up together might just blow competition out of the water um, because who wants to go up against not one uh, but two of the Gulf states in terms of a competition for anything when it comes to spending money. He continues they are preparing an initial bid in the region of three point two billion. Uh, and their vast shared wealth puts them in a commanding position as they look to complete an Anfield takeover. Although the two parties involved are described as private investors, strong links to their respective states uh, inevitably exist. Uh, sources close to the bid, <laughs> who are they, Lisa Marie, are confident that <laughs> uh, those relationships would sustain, withstand uh, sufficient scrutiny to be signed off by the FA. That's their fit and proper person's malarkey particularly in light of the recent takeover of Newcastle United by the Saudi Public Investment Fund, which, if we recall, um, had to satisfy the FA, at least publicly and in the shapes they were throwing publicly, that it was not the state, but rather this fund that were buying the club. And then that, of course, brings us to have a look at other state-run Qatar sports investment um, uh, uh, group, uh, which took charge of PSG back in 2011. Um, and we've seen the things they've, they've done. Lynch mentions the 222 million euro bid for Neymar, the 180 million euro for Mbappe when he was uh, still a child. Um, and he mentions the 305 million uh, investment by the Saudi Public Investment Fund, which you just mentioned there, um, in taking over Newcastle. Now, look, there will be all sorts of hand-wringing, no doubt, Lisa Marie, there will be all sorts of uh, posturing I've seen already about, well, if this happens, then that. Um, we're not going to get into that because we don't know how real this is, but it is a very, very interesting, and it has a whiff of reality to it in terms of the guy 
who's writing it is someone who has traditionally been well connected. What do you make of this, just on initial impressions? Um, I'd really rather they didn't, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, what was what was it that I initially said? I was, it was something along the lines of, ugh, um, very, yeah, you know, uh, yes, um, so eloquent. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it just kind of gives you that feeling in the pit of your stomach, doesn't it? It's just like, ooh, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this goes along the lines of, you know, I can rant and rave and, and you know, about it. But in the end of the day is, you know, I guess, is my voice going to change anything? No. Now, I mean, perhaps if you know, Liverpool supporters are able to come together in a, you know, organized and meaningful type way to be like, no, this is not what we want. That potentially, you know, could make a difference in the fact that, you know, this is as much as we would like all the money in the world, you know, we don't want this money in the world if, if that makes sense. So, but I mean, you know, you feel that way. I mean, and not to speak for you, Trev, but, and I feel that way, but there may be plenty of fans that just want to see us win and they don't care how. Um, so I don't I would know. say it's the, I would say it's probably the majority of fans because when you got to take in the, you got to take in the, 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 the size of the global, right. fan, the global fan base. Fan base. Exactly. Yeah, um, and 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 also let's not read too much into um, people taking stands domestically either, because there will be people who will just absolutely do what you said and say, "Well, look, City can do it, Newcastle can do it. Why should we be left behind?" And that that that's that rationalization will be the end of it for them. And that's you know, like I say, I'm not I'm not interested in in, in getting into the depths of right. Why or why not? But like you're right to point that out because that will very much be the case. So like we myself and Lisa Marie here are not pontificating one way or the other. We're just saying um, it's a very interesting story. It seems to have more than a whiff of uh, substance to it. So I would imagine very much watch this space. We wanted to mention it because we're, I think, the only show going out today and um, it has just broken in the last few hours. So that is just to flag it up. Um, we will allow other people to do the um, uh, more um, fact-based uh, analysis uh, as those facts emerge, if there are, in fact, any there. Um, we allow other people to do the... Um, uh, hand-wringing um, moral discussions um, as that time uh, emerges if it needs to if there is if this is a thing that will happen uh, until it does I, I, I would not waste energy on that kind of discussion myself because it's all whys and wherefores and what ifs so we just wanted to flag it up um, between us now I said the gist of the, today's show like, coming from that you know sort of <laughs> Coming from a suggestion by you and my general misanthropic <laughs> feelings about the world in in general. Oh sure, uh, blame me. <laughs> well, 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 what I say is it was me though. <laughs> what I say is you 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 triggered the 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 the, the darker thought in me because I I I, th I think it is an interesting thing for us to have a look at a couple of things that perhaps we we don't particularly enjoy about the game because 
we do spend our time talking about the things that we do. And I have uh, at least two topics I want to chat about myself um, because I, for me, the two things that I would like to have a little bit of a gripe about, the two big topics, are the online fan experience and the other one is VAR. And I'm not, you know, these are not, so don't stop rolling your eyes. I can see, not you, at least me. I can, I, I can see you, listener. I can see you rolling your eyes. I just want to, it's, it's not, we're not going to relitigate whether or not VAR should be in the game. That's not my point. There, there are aspects of it that I want to talk about um, that they are. So t- they're, they're the two bugbears that I thought I'd bring to the table. Now you have a particularly interesting one, which may have had uh, some inspiration in a family member's suggestions. And I have no clue what your second one is. So what, what two topics were you going to bring to the table? Okay. So the first one is something that Mr. H has been wanting me to work into the show for a couple of months now. And it is a suggestion of his um, as how players who, you know, simulate falls or dives or, or whatever in order to get penalties um, should be treated um, when, you know, they're, they're called out on their behavior. So that's one. And then the second one is, I was just going to kind of share a story from the first, from a, from a game that we went to, that was really my first kind of exposure to the Premier League. Um, It was one of the summer games um, and just something kind of along the, the fan experience there. So. Ah, okay. Right. I like this. This is dovetailing nicely. So, I'll get the ball rolling, and then we'll go to your um, uh, your 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 husband-inspired <laughs> gripe next. Um, so, so let's 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 start by addressing the elephant in the room, which is that we wouldn't know each other or be talking to each other or doing this show if it was not for the fantastically positive aspect of being an online, an online fan and uh, the fan media experience. Uh, I, like I say. A little bit soured lately by some of the things I see people saying, not necessarily about me, um, that kind of thing I can put in a box um, or I can deal with with it myself. But when I see uh, generalizations about people who I consider to be really good at what they do uh, and a, a channel in general, that rubs me the wrong way and I, I, I get kind of stabby. I want I want to do something about it. I want to address it and it, I, there's never a platform and you get dragged down to the level of these um People. Frank, yeah, people, as 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 Dan as Dan would say, um, that's exactly it. Yeah, pause, people. Um, people. You just you 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 there's no way to win there because um, when you start arguing with stupid, you become <laughs> stupid. Uh, that's 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 been my experience of. I, I tried it there um, two weeks ago. I woke up on Saturday morning to some imbecile troll who was sneering at something that I'd said and he could barely string a sentence together and I was just sort of playfully saying what's your problem wee man like talk to me properly like who hurt you what do you need to talk about like <laughs> let's work through this together let's work through this yeah he just kept he became more and more um absolutely sanctimonious and certain in his stupidity as he went um 
it was remarkable to watch. Uh, he was doing things like saying pretty hateful things about me. And when I called him out on some, some stuff that he had pinned to his Twitter profile, uh, he couldn't manage to synthesize the two things together. And it was, it, it was a, a huge, huge waste of my time, Lisa Marie, is my point. <laughs> There is no way to talk to humans like that. You can't you can't save them from their own stupidity. They're gone. They're lost to us. I, I've I've felt that a lot lately. Um, you know, there's a saying I, around here. I I and and maybe it you know carries internationally. I don't know, but um, you can't fix stupid. Yeah, I, no, that really works. You, that really works. And you see, I am by dint, I suppose, of my profession, uh, oh, yeah. certainly. <laughs> And of of my personality, I'm the kind of person who does try to see past the initial um, display of ignorance and and try to try to you know pull people back into the light. I'm yeah. not saying I'm some sort of visionary. I'm just saying you, God love you, uh, um, person X. You are a benighted soul, and I, I don't like to see you out there. So I have a little bit of patience for that type of thing and not in a condescending way far from it i'm i'm not saying my opinions are better than others but i i don't ever do online hatred i don't understand it i think it's i think it's pathetic in ways that i i can't understand I, i'm, well, I'm not I think a it's cowardly in my it is cowardly opinion. yeah that is my opinion see, and I, people can do with it as what they see, wish but you know if it's very easy to sit behind a computer screen or whatever and and say something. But would you say, you know, I, I have honestly adapted and I've tried to teach my own children the same. You know, don't put anything online or say anything about anyone online or in an email even or whatever that you wouldn't say to their face. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I in my own um, uh, day-to-day experience, uh, had a fantastic anecdote recently where somebody should have just kept their mouth shut and it has not gone well for them um, because they didn't. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's kind of like that thing where, you know, when you're in your car and you can say, you see people and they're they're literally losing their minds in their car. I, I'll admit, I'll admit to you know um, casual um, uh, damning of individuals who may have done something stupid <laughs> on the road. Uh, but would I say that to the person's face um, in real life? Would they? You know, it's it's you, you, you're in your little cocoon there. But when you, I don't understand the kind of mindset. And I, somebody pointed this out to me yesterday. Um, an awful lot of it probably comes from some sort of um, lack of satisfaction in their own life, and and oh. someone somebody tried, yeah, somebody tried to say to me that it was coming from probably a, a deep seated place of jealousy or envy, and I, because I don't do that, that's not an emotion I'm familiar with. I, I don't have a lot of jealousy in my life. I, I'm I'm lucky that way. It doesn't plague me or torment me. I, friends of mine who are just eaten alive by it <laughs> I just see them it's just it just it just it just takes them over you know and a certain person is mentioned or certain thing is mentioned they just become someone different so I never think about that but maybe that is the thing because why else would you be having a little uh chuckle or a, sorry a little um, a little uh, hate-filled um uh, chat 
talking about um, people being done should be done away with and um, being incredibly violent in your in your in your language about a group of people who you don't have the bravery to tag into your chat it's it's quite pathetic so that is one of the darker aspects of the online experience i started off by acknowledging that it's brought me so much joy and so many friends um but i just including me including you <laughs> let the record state <laughs> i'm just saying if it weren't for twitter would we be here right now having this, this is 100% so many just genuinely good friends and people met in real life afterwards and all that kind of thing and hopefully we might actually um manage that particular um, crossover experience too and this is it's it's wonderful and if you can do it right if you can manage to do it right i'm just finding and maybe it's just me people are always quite condescending and say well i don't have any of that i just uh, be careful who you follow and i go hmm yeah, that's pretty shit advice because I do follow sound people, but sound people can lose their fucking shit. Maybe uh, about politics and they might say something that's hugely offensive or ignorant, in my opinion. So I've gotten to the habit, uh, at least Marie, of becoming a professional eye roller. I don't engage people when they say objectively idiotic things, like objectively stupid things. Um politically speaking I, I just roll my eyes and go ah he's a nice chap or she's a nice girl that's fine just move on just don't get annoyed trev just move on and if i wish other people would do that but it, yeah. it's do you how, that's what it comes down to this is the number what do you do when you see things you know maybe let's just use me as an example maybe i come on i say something you go oh fucking hell trev that's just stupid <laughs> what what is your impulse is your impulse i've got to start I've got a type of response to this, or do you do you eye roll as well? What's your take? What do you, what do you... I I roll and scroll on. I mean, if it were something like, I mean, as you said, if it's just a remark or some comment on, you know, a post or whatever, and I'd be like, yeah, I would, you know, I might pause for a minute and then be like, is this worth engaging? No, it really isn't because it's just, it's not. Um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of scroll on, if you will. <laughs> Well, what do what do you make of the, what do you make of this thing that people seem to have where they just get uh, you to use your verb this concept of doom scrolling and whether it be you know uh, someone who's following a whole lot of you know climate activists or whatever and or people who are in their deep seated um, left or right um, political um, spheres and they just find themselves or hello I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's take our topic, football. 
um, I see people and they're just lost to it. Like they have, they seem to be having the most awful time, uh, just constantly upset, um, constantly upset. Now I'm talking about it as a thing that irks me from time to time and, and that I wish I could, I could block out, but I, I can't fully do it because like I say, people will retweet stuff onto your timeline and people will occasionally have, who are lovely people will occasionally have moments of, 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 of silliness or, or objective, um, objectively stupid or offensive things that they'll say. So you can't, you, you, you can't nerf the system. I'm not, I'm not being a crybaby here. You got to pull up with some stuff. That's part of the, the whole deal and it, uh, you wouldn't want it any other way but you know you do see people don't you who just get lost to it like it, they seem to spend their days online uh, crying as we'd say around here about something or other oh absolutely um yeah and you <laughs> i just sometimes have to wonder you know do, do these people not have a a job that they need to be at say eight hours a day, five days a week, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, family that they need to be engaging with or, or whatever. I mean, I know that as a demographic, I myself am a bit of an anomaly in the Twitter sphere. You know, there, there aren't many, you know, women of my age married with children. Yeah. And I'm, I'm speaking very general. I'm, you know, obviously there are others, but, but it's not typical. So yeah. Yes. But even still, I mean, even if it is say, a, you know, 20 something college student, don't you have a class you're supposed to be at? Don't you have a paper you need to be writing? Don't you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right, though. You're right, Don't though. you have some part-time job you should be, yeah. you know, you should be at? Um, you know, to me, it's just not healthy, if you will. It, def it, it definitely is the people who have a lot of time in their hands, for sure. Uh, who are mostly the most active in in this, and that that that. Listen, I. Uh, someone said something to me years ago and it really it was someone you know someone who have a lot of time for and they said that you know twitter really helped them because it's a nice thing when you're lonely and i just thought that was so touching and i hadn't thought about it myself because i was in the lucky position of you know being a bit like you at that stage of my life i was kind of i don't have a minute in the day i've, I've got family commitments left right and center i've got a job two jobs um, you know, um, so the concept of loneliness was something that I was mercifully free of. And I just thought, Jesus, that's something that's quite powerful. It was just a powerful little statement. Like it can be really, really, it can be a lifeline for folks as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you've, you know, you've, there have been, and I can't think of a specific example at this time, but you know, there's been multiple, um, you know, stories or incidents, whatever, of, of people who, yeah, were, you know, maybe very lonely, very depressed, very, you know, whatever. And by engaging with either a community or a person or, or someone online, you know, it, it has literally saved their lives. And so, I mean, that's kind of what keeps me from wanting to just chuck the whole concept whatsoever, because, you know, not only you know, you never know, that could be my own self one day in the future. But but on the flip side, and what I, you know, truly hope is that my interaction with someone 
can bring them that positive experience in the future. And that sound all sanctimonious and holier than thou, but, but you just don't know, you know, what impact you have on people and all the more reason that, so I have this thing, I've said this for years and it was, you know, it started as a work thing is, you know, you get an email about something, you know, some incident related to it, to a project or whatever. And it's, just your fear, you know, your, your initial reaction is to just, you know, shoot back some, you know, angry, bitchy email back. And so my thing has always been like, don't email angry. (laughs) Don't email angry. You know, if it makes you, and sometimes it makes you feel better to type out the angry, you know, bitchy email, (laughs) make sure there's no, (laughs) you don't accidentally send it, but you know, type it all out, step away and then you can even come back and turn that email into the more appropriate and positive way to respond to the situation. You know, and, and you know, and again, this is personal experience, but I mean, oftentimes it seems like those those emails would come in like late in the afternoon, you know, say 4.30. And it'd be like, you know what, I'm not responding to this right now. I will respond to this in the morning where I have some distance from it. So so it's kind of the same thing online. You know, if there is something that just absolutely infuriates you and you want to just, and I think that's what happens is people don't take that pause, even, you know, even just that five, 10 second pause before they just type out a response. And it's like, you know, just deep breath, take a minute. And, you know, is what you're putting back out into Twitter or whatever is it, you know, is it something that, again, you would say to someone's face and is it something that, you know, that, that you're willing to engage in a back and forth debate on? And if it's not, then just don't do it. But I know I sound very sanctimonious and like such a mother right now. And I will just stop. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think it's I think it's solid advice. And it's really interesting you mentioned that because my equivalent of your um, pause don't email angry you should you should see if you if if anyone was to get a little look into my unsent tweets they would (laughs) they would think i was a rage beast which uh, (laughs) on a level that dave hendrick could only dream of i mean i'm just like it's full of these like listen and another fucking thing and i'm and then i just go okay i've done it like you say you typed it out and you just go no, I'm not going to send that. I am not going to send that because that's just, that's just, you know, that's not going to help anybody. And you know, what's interesting, that thing you said, and to bring it back to a kind of wholesome conclusion, you don't know when on a certain day you might, by the dint of the fact that you're lucky enough to have um, a certain amount of people who are interested in what you say or listen to your show or whatever, you don't know what effect that might have in a positive way. Um, and it's not always easy. God knows. Look at my unsent tweets. It's not always easy. But if you can do I think your advice is dead right. We really should just try to at least take that breath, roll your eyes, and like you said, scroll on. And scroll we, on. Will, we will <laughs> scroll on to the second of our topics, which is your one via Mr. H, which is about... 
player behavior when it comes to feigning or whatever injury so uh, just tease it out for me because i'm very interested in this one okay so this is this is something that he has been saying as as we have been watching games for all right certainly all of this season he may have even brought it up initially back you know in the spring or or whatever at, at some point last season um but it drives him, well, first of all, any of the, you know, feigning injury or, you know, just, re, you know, blatant diving or whatever always, you know, drives him crazy. And it, and it drives me crazy, too. It, it's like, come on, get over yourself. Um, but he he thinks that there should be a new rule, instigated, that says, <laughs> let's say um, said player um grabs their right ankle and falls over like they've been kicked in that right ankle and you know so maybe there's a var check or something and it turns out well no they weren't kicked in their right ankle but they were maybe not maliciously but you know someone did hit their left leg or ankle so they've gone down holding the absolute opposite side of of where yes they may have received some sort of injury so his solution is that, so not only the yellow card or whatever that they should receive for simulation is in addition to that, the opposing team should, instead of a penalty kick, should be allowed to kick that player in the place where they faked their injury. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is biblical. Perhaps this is Old Testament violent, stuff. Not lying. Um, especially, you know, there may need to be some email. You have to come up with a different rule if it's a head because, you know, um, but he goes, <laughs> you know, I think that would solve it. <laughs> can I can I ask, is is Mr. H uh, a prototypical uh, American dude who looks at at uh, soccer in a way which is uh, quite. Well, he looks down his nose at the sport because okay. so many so many of the podcasts I listen to are hosted by uh, Yanks and not many of them have that crossover with sport but when they do most of these American guys are just like ah, soccer <laughs> you know well, so it seems to be this yeah <laughs> okay 20 years ago absolutely um, I mean like when we were first dating and then married he used to refer to soccer see I'm just going to say it that way and it went because it was soccer um, as a cummy sport and of course he mostly did this to annoy my father um <laughs> a cummy yeah, sport a cummy sport you know <laughs> which is just you know oh, and i mean and again where he grew up i mean and okay he played baseball and he played american football yeah um and and yeah so um but as his own children have played the game as he has started watching the game, you know, he has developed a respect for the different type of athleticism, you know, that is necessary for the sport as opposed to, say, baseball or American football or whatever. Now, but what does drive him absolutely insane is the diving and, you know, the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, feigning of injury. Oh, see, that see, drives see, we, him bonkers. 
as an Irish man, I have a real empathy with this because my, all of my family, uh, the, the area in which I grew up, where I'm still living, um, how's about that for a carbon footprint, lads? Um, <laughs> I, I have, um, I'm surrounded by GAA supporting people. Our club was very successful when I was a, a, a kid. Our county was hugely successful in winning All-Irelands when I was a kid. And so I grew up in this hotbed of Gaelic football. And Which a little I still bit don't like understand, said, by the way. <laughs> you'd, you, 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 lo- you love it if you get to watch a game. Um, it, a, bit, a little bit like what you said with, with American football, where th- those guys go out and it's, 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 it's war, it's attrition, and it's, it can be violent and it's incredibly explosive. And those guys are getting hit. Um, Gaelic football is so much more of a contact sport than 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 you know English league football is, uh, and so we ha- I I've grown up with that attitude of lads looking down their nose at soccer and soccer players as being sort of um, you know uh, fragile prima donnas, and you know it's it's hilarious because the team I grew up supporting had individuals like Graham Sunez going around like tackling lads <laughs> at knee height for the crack. And, that, you know, the culture of football that was around when I was a kid, like I'm, I'm talking football as in as in Liverpool. I mean, you're talking about an era where I watched a, a great little reminder there of a, a clip there of a, an English league manager. And he was talking about this thing called the reducer, which was something that, you know, he had a name that he had patented for the early tackle which an opposition hard man will put in on the hard man of the opposing team to inverted commas let him know that he's there so these things used to happen so much more like and and even still that, that like to leave a bit on him kind of mentality leave a bit on him that type of thing right yeah that's the type of thing but it was it was vicious and when, you know when i played as a kid you would get kicked and you know right. if you were playing in an adult match you, you. I got into an argument with the high school football coach about, um, you know, how soccer was a much, in a lot of ways, more dangerous sport than American football. And, and my, my argument was, you know, American football players, you know, they're wearing the helmets, they're wearing the various pads and things to, to protect them. You know, soccer players have shin guards. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and I have seen far more brutal soccer injuries. And I'm just saying it to, to you know, draw the line between American football and soccer uh, or football. Um, you know, far uglier injuries than than I have. And now, I mean, there can be some very, very horrible injuries, you know, in American football. Don't get me wrong. But my own brother, who who played quite a bit, actually almost lost a kidney due to he was playing goalie at the time and and um opposition player came up you know he he jumped up my brother jumped up for the save the opposition player kind of jumped up trying to you know head it in and need my brother in the back well he actually need him hard enough in the kit you know got his kidney that it crushed his kidney between you know this guy's knee and his spine he was in the hospital for four Oof. days and the only reason they didn't take his kidney was because he was 14 years old um so anyway so yeah, <laughs> so soccer or English Premier Football or, or whatever we want to call it can be very, you know, very brutal. Um, and now I know not so much now as 
you know, as you said, you know, years ago, it, there's, you know, been some, I guess, you know, change to the rules and some things to put in place, you know, to help try to mitigate some of those injuries. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> I, I suppose the reason I bring it up is because um, it's very easy to go down that route of, you know, my neighbors and next door neighbors and, and, and Gaelic football teammates and coaches used to say, you know, in that disparaging way, talking about lads throwing themselves around the place on pitches and stuff and rolling around. And that was, I suppose, in the early days when you were getting that kind of a South American influence coming into the mm-hmm. Premier League and stuff like that. Um, and now, as you say, it's very much a thing. And I I must admit, I, I think if I was to come to the game as a newbie, I don't know if I would laugh. If, I, if you came across a particularly bad example of a game in which a lot of that was happening, I don't know if it would take with me because that would really, really wind me up. As it is now, you, like like I'm a lifer. I, I, I have this terrible feeling that you are now too. So you're just in. You're just <laughs> Y'all in. Y'all have you know? sucked me in. Yeah, you're just in. And so you, these are one of the things that you, you put up with. So I, I really, I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up because it is something that's um, a little bit of a, a blight on the game for sure. Without the whole pontificating about we don't like that kind of thing. I, I'm, I'll never be that guy. Um, the whole Luis Suarez uh, handling the ball and the line in, in the previous World Cup, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm all for that kind of thing. Cheat away, you know, that's fine. And if you want to throw yourself <laughs> in the ground, that's fine. But once those actions are punished appropriately, that's absolutely fine by me as well. You know, I, I, it's, not, it's just it's not a thing. I can relate to it. I wouldn't want to do it. I would feel like a complete idiot doing it, I have to say. I tried a couple of times to, to buy a penalty when I was 17 years of age. Uh, I left a trailing leg and tried to, and I just got told to get up. It was, you know, you know <laughs> obviously I hadn't earned my thespian shops at that stage. I was going to say, but... <laughs> you, you just hadn't developed the proper Yeah, no, I guess skills. not. <laughs> I guess not, I guess not. I, I, I'm going to have to work on that um, throw myself down the stairs at work and see what happens. Uh, so we're going to move to our third topic now um, so that we can keep this show in between the hedges in terms of time. And that one is uh, my second one, which I mean, <laughs> we're not going to spend too long on, but I just want to, I want to speak about one aspect of it. VAR, it looks like it's here to stay. I don't think there's any budging it at this stage. Um, it is dealt with uh, in a way that is immensely frustrating at times. And we've all had the arguments. There seems to be this particular type of individual who I don't know, maybe they're actual bots or AI creatures themselves uh, who seem to want to defend VAR uh, to the ends of the earth and talk about, well, it's not the machine's fault. It's not the system's fault. Uh, nobody said it was. It is absolutely the way in which um, these things are being uh these facilities are being used by humans and still human error at the end of the day. So how much we've gained, I'm not 100% sure. Goal line technology, great. Yeah, that's definitely in. It's not in. You lost the league by 0.22 millimeters. Okay, whatever. I get it. Um, These kind of things uh, are understandable. We even have Hawkeye technology in Gaelic football. So if the ball goes higher than the already high posts, you can tell whether it's still in between them or not. These things make perfect sense to me. Um, It's when it comes to the whole idea of a goal is scored in open play. And I find myself, and here's my gripe, please, Marie. I find myself not being able to have joy in that moment. And you know how much I like a bit of joy. I, I find myself waiting 
if there's anything that's even vaguely dubious in terms of is that person slightly advanced is there somebody else encroaching anything at all unless someone batters the ball in from 40 meters i can't enjoy it anymore and i think that is an absolute blight on the game because I don't know what you do with football or what football is for you. I think I do know what it is. But for me, it needs to be fun first and foremost. Um, yes, it's an obsession. But if it's not fun, I, I, there's other things I could be doing with my life. And this has sucked a lot of the joy out for me. Do I sound like a old man shakes fist at the sky, Lisa Marie, or can you relate to this? I absolutely can relate to it. You know, and... Eh. And I mean, I know it has been spoken about, you know, between yourself and, and Dave and whomever, I think on Raw multiple occasions, that it's it's not the concept of VAR that you or myself or many people object to. It's the way that is being utilized. You know, it's just there doesn't seem to be rhyme or reason sometimes to, to some of the decisions or what is reviewed and what isn't reviewed. And of course, you know, some of that is going to come down to human error. Absolutely. But, and and again, I, you know, I was just kind of coming into the, the more level of involvement with the game when, you know, when VAR was, was, you know, being introduced and, and everything else. But to me, it feels like there's just not consistency with it. And again, you know, some of that is going to be, you know, the human aspect of it. But I don't know. It, it's almost like they decided to teach someone how to interpret it the day before, you know, or an hour before the match started. Okay, here's what you need to look for. And and it's just, <laughs> it, it can be used a lot a lot, you know, and I think even the first season that it was in place, it was kind of like, okay, it's the first season, but it doesn't really seem to have gotten any better in my opinion. Um, or I don't know, you know, anyway, or maybe we're just used to, you know, sometimes you just get used to things being so bad that it seems normal. <laughs> That's the problem, right? That is the problem. Uh, like, part of the I mean, worries. to the point where if we get a VAR decision, go our way, it's like, Oh my God! <laughs> well, look, if, if 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 the last if the last three years or so have taught us anything, it's that you can become inured to the most awful uh, things yeah. just because that's just how it is now, <laughs> right? <laughs> and 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 I wonder. I think it's a really good point. Have have we become fucking institutionalized, <laughs> and we just go? Oh, yeah, or, yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? You the, know, one that, <laughs> the one that drives me, I think, the most crazy is the offside line. You know, when they, the way they draw those lines oh, to determine stop. whether yeah, or not. They, they need to oh, stop. for the love of God. There's no consistency in that no. at they need, all. They need or to that stop I can doing think. that. They, not that I'm watching every game, every, you know, all games, all decisions, but it it's feels just. It feels yeah. like they're trolling us. It feels like they're trolling yeah. us because, you know, the lines just, it, it makes no sense. You're, you're left to wonder. It just feels like, why are you doing that? Why are you putting that on display for us? Because what you're showing us is definitively not proving anything. And <laughs> all, you're, all you've done now is raise the heart rate of several, several hundred thousand people. You know, it just feels, I, I, I agree with you. I don't know what, that's, that is probably, of all of them, that's the worst, especially when you're on minute three or four or five 
and there's a lad standing around the centre circle wondering if he can have a shit celebration for a goal he scored five minutes ago. You know, it's just... It's the and jo- it's not just Premier League. I mean, like, we've seen it even in the Champions League. Um, oh, was it that... Well, of course, I remember it was my fourth child, Harvey Elliott's goal against Ajax. But, yeah. I mean, for the love of God, they... I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes, and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Debated that thing for five minutes. And, you know, it'd be one thing if that goal was going to make the difference between a win or a loss, you know, or... Yeah, in a game or a draw or whatever. You know, if it, but they were up, we were up, what, six, six, one, six, zero. Yeah, we were up by several goals. So that goal was not going to make the difference in anything, whether it was awarded or not, that it needed to be scrutinized that, that closely. You know, I mean, again, I, I do understand when there is a little more weight on whether or not that goal is awarded. Absolutely fine. But when it's a case like that where this is going to be, what, the seventh goal in the game, come on, give me a break. Just award it and move on. Yeah, well, at least and I'm we not got... just saying that because it was Harvey's goal. We got that cute father-son moment between uh, them. We did get the cute father-son moment between him and does that mean? Does, does that mean that, that outweighs maybe Does that mean that if you're Harvey's mother and Moses' father, what's going on here? Why haven't you told oh, us no, about no. this? Oh, no, no, you missed the, the podcast with Nina where uh. – Southampton, where I called the Harvey off and Milner on the father-son substitution. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they were insinuating something there. Um, yeah, well, there you go. I mean, I mean, you, you, did, you, did pra- you did praise his beard live on our show. I mean, just... I did not praise it. I said that it was potentially the reason why we weren't playing well. I think you liked it. I'm just putting two and two together here. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Clearly making five. Uh, let's finish. Let's finish <laughs> or with six your or, seven. or six or seven. Let's finish with your, your last um, your last contribution to our show of uh, grumbling and gripes. What what is the topic you want to cover here? Okay, so this will shed a little bit light on why I dislike hot Tottenham as a as a club. Okay. Um, other than Hurricane. Um, <laughs> so in the summer of 2017, during the you know summer tour thing um Tottenham and Man City played here in Nashville and so we went to the game as a family my husband and myself and and all three kids and we're there in the you know hot July Tennessee sun and 
at our seats, and then here come to sit next to us three or four clearly had been drinking, <laughs> highly obnoxious <laughs> Tottenham fans. Okay. Now, I understand that we are a little more puritanical and conservative about cursing in this country. However, these were Americans, and it was, and they're sitting next to my 12-year-old son, at the time 12-year-old, you know, fuck this and fuck that and, you know, every other word. And it was just like, you know, and I mean, my kids weren't the only kids in the immediate vicinity, okay? There were several children, and it's like, guys, you know, to the point where Paul was uncomfortable sitting next to them, okay? And there was another couple that were seated like two rows in front of us and there were some empty seats and they turned around and they said, do your kids want to come sit here? There's no one sitting next to us right now. You know, obviously if someone comes, we'll have to shift, but you know, would they feel more? And, and Paul and Mary Kristen, my two young, yeah, my younger two moved down there to sit with complete strangers to put some distance between them and the obnoxious Tottenham fans. So where I'm getting going with the story is, you know, I understand we're all there to enjoy a game and, you know, and this wasn't even, the the match hadn't even started. So it wasn't like, and again, this is an ex, you know, it's a summer pre season match. There was nothing at stake here. Things happen in, you know, in the heat of things and you get excited in language and, and everything else. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you're in the midst of children, you know, behave accordingly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and I, I know I, I sound like I'm about 105 right now, um, but <laughs> it's just it's that's the type of thing that you know when you you know and and I know there are people who take children even younger. I mean, let's see if Paul was 12, Mary Kristen would have been like eight, you know. But I know people that take their young children to these matches, and yeah, you can be surrounded by people that are just acting obnoxious. And it's like, you know, what may be a wonderful fan experience for you, you may be giving this child at their first game a horrible experience where they never want to come back. So, and this is why we don't like Tottenham. Anyway. (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously that's... that's, (laughs) Those those three, I remember saying to our friend, Alan O'Donoghue, I'm like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Tottenham fans are very nice. Maybe, you know... Is it fair for me to let these three or four morons, you know, color my, you know, impression of of Spurs fans? And he goes, no, that was pretty accurate. (laughs) (laughs) With the famously tolerant O'Donoghue there. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know it's quite interesting though? Listen, to, listen to you speak there um, about that. It's it's something I, I've experienced a little bit um, of myself um, in terms of you know maybe taking kids over to matches and stuff like that. It can be remarkable that even in this day and age, you could find yourself uh, behind beside a cohort of people who are making the whole experience completely. Um, unpleasant for everyone around them and like you say it's not about heat of the moment um shouting at a ref or a, an opposition player who's gone through your lad or whatever it's just this constant barrage of uh vulgarity all the time and i, I find myself sometimes saying look 
I don't like people policing how you should behave as as a supporter on the ground. If you pay for the ticket, I think you should be allowed to do whatever you want to do. And I don't like that kind of shaming, honestly. Um, uh, you know, I, I will say the ground was fucking quiet today, and I don't like that. I wish it was it was louder. Mm. You run you run the risk of oh, it's all these out of towners and all that kind of bullshit conversation. So I never say it anymore. But quiet quiet Anfield is just something I can't I can't abide. But those people have a right to be quiet if they want. You know, it's not, it's, it's just a personal preference. Um, but when you have people who are just like beyond the pale and everybody knows exactly what what you're talking about there because everybody's experienced it. It just really makes the whole experience unpleasant for everybody else around them. And uh, drunkenness is no excuse. And, um, you know, I, I you would like to think that that might be something that is, erasable from the game but honestly i don't i don't think it is i, I think you're always going to have those pockets and it, it's it is, I, I agree with you it's it's a perfect one for a list here because i think most of these things we've just they're all things that we just we gotta put up with they're eye-rolling things we gotta put up with and yeah i, I it, it it we're not going to be able to change uh, anyone uh, of course all the listeners to the show are, are beautifully behaved members of the intelligentsia who would never uh, deign to uh, shout uh, obscenities in the in the vicinity of children. But, you know, you'd like to think that maybe just by saying these things out loud, Lisa Marie, maybe we're maybe we're contributing maybe to something. We're, we're affecting something. Someone yeah, might yeah, pause yeah. and think. Someone might pause and think. Oh, who knows? Well, look, I, I have to say, I, I'm i just very aware of your time and we've gone over the hour and I'm uh, by, by, by quite a while because we started late. So I want to let you get back to your Sunday uh, and I want to wrap it up here. But I have to say, really enjoyed the conversation. It was really a winging it show that we just sort of invented at the at the last minute because we were, we were left... Um, denuded of our colleagues and i i i um, i appreciate um you rolling with it tremendously uh so thanks again for that and is there anything you want to sign off with before we wrap up no you know just don't shout obscenities around children and uh <laughs> oh you're doubling down here i see, I see. <laughs> just okay. kidding um no no although wait a minute i did have a little quote and you might appreciate this one okay um Trevor, here you go. However vast the darkness, we must supply our own light. And you'll appreciate who said this. Stanley Kubrick. Ah, big Stan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to visit him on the, on his moon base uh, and talk to him about how he faked the moon landings next week. That's just for you, <laughs> Kopak. That is just for you, Kopak. I hope you're listening, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted you finished with a bit of Kubrick. That's fantastic. Class I thought you'd appreciate that. Yeah, classing up the joint as ever. That was Lisa Marie Hanna and I've been Trev Downey. This is the Anfield Index podcast. And we'll be back for episode 350, right? Next time, am I right? That's kind 350. Of a... I mean, that's, there that's... should be like fireworks and champagne. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Considering for 300, I couldn't get any of the originals to be bothered their arse to even uh, join in as contributors. I don't think 350. He's going to cut much muster, but we will attempt to bring you a uh, another uh, decent show and we'll hopefully have some of our fallen comrades back in the loop at that stage. Until then, mind yourself, take care, keep an eye on all things 
World Cup. If that's your bag, hope you're enjoying it. And if not, we'll be here to talk to you about something Reds related at least on the next one. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.